Good morning, everyone. Or maybe you're listening to this in the afternoon or the evening. Uh, whatever the case, I hope you're having an awesome day. I hope your day finishes pretty good. Uh, but again, I want to thank you for joining us as we go through this series of the peace of God. And so uh, last week, uh, we talked about Jesus uh, being the, the Prince of Peace. And so we're going to continue that today. Uh, our main verse is going to be Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. We're going to talk about a peace of mind. Today's lesson is entitled, A Peace of Mind. Again, Philippians 4.8, it reads, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Again, the key word here is to think on these things. Again, as we talk about today's lesson, peace of mind, uh, it is important for us to understand um, what we think on uh, plays an essential role in how our mind operates. Um, I think many of us understand the power of our thoughts. Uh, there's scriptures uh, that speak on this on this subject matter, uh, but you know, if you have a positive mindset, you know, pretty much you can almost assume it's going to be a positive situation that you would put yourself in. And if you have a negative mindset, it just seems that bad things happen all the time. And so if we're going to have a peace of mind, we need to have the mind of Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, let's pray really quick. Uh, let's ask God to join us. And let's get into this lesson. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again today, Father. You are truly merciful. Lord God, you have extended your grace and your favor towards us uh, when we didn't deserve it. And so I ask you even right now, Lord God, that you would continue to act, extend your mercy this way. Extend understanding of your word this way, Lord God. Uh, Father, that your people may have a, a peaceful life. Lord God, as we talk about uh, having a peaceful mind today, I pray Oh, Father, that you would give us revelation and understanding, God, on uh, principles and things that we are able to do, Father, to obtain just that. I ask, Lord God, that you allow peace to flow uh, through the lives of all the listeners on today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, the, the peace of mind, the peace of mind. Uh, we find in uh, the three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, that there is a story they all tell. Um, I think it's significant uh, when you find a parable or a story uh, within the Gospels and you find that it's written uh, in the three synoptic, synoptic Gospels. I believe that God, he wants to use that story uh, to speak to us some truths in the kingdom of God. And so uh, particularly today, the story um, that we're going to speak about is found in these three Gospels. Uh, but it it all started last week when I spoke about Peter uh, and, and, and the rest of the disciples, their fear uh, when the when the boat was shaken by the waves. There was a storm in the midst of the sea and Peter ends up walking on water because, of, uh, you know, Jesus allows them. Uh, but whatever the case is, uh, stemming from last week, 
uh, we find that as Jesus calmed the sea, they end up going uh, to a, a, a city of the Gadarenes, the Gadarenes, and I hope I'm pronouncing that the right way. Um, but they end up going to this city in the Bible. Uh, it, it says that as they approach this land, that there is a man uh, who had devils a long time. That's King James Version. He he has demons with inside of him. Um, and these demons are causing him to go around with no clothes. And he lives in the tombs. He doesn't live in a house, but he lives, if I could say it this way, in the cemetery. And so you can imagine that people are frightened. You know, people are, are scared of this guy. And so they stay away from him. But when Jesus arrives on the land, the scripture tells us that he comes and he worships Jesus Christ. He worships Jesus Christ. And immediately, Jesus cast the demons out of them, known as legion, which means many demons. Now, what we find interesting is that the change in the possessed man, the demon-possessed man, was immediate. I thank God for, for counselors, uh, for psychologists, uh, and the various resources that we have here uh, on earth. Uh, that help us and people uh, who have trouble with their mind. But the truth is we need Jesus Christ. This demon-possessed man was restored uh, to his right mind immediately. Uh, not only was he restored to his right mind, uh, he put on the clothes that were given to him and he devoted himself to follow Jesus. Now, the same crowds who had tried to restrain uh, the man uh, with chains, uh, and they abandoned him in the tombs. Uh, now they came out of the town with great curiosity. Now these the swine herders they brought the news to the townspeople that you know their two thousand pigs were dead. But this gripping story of an individual so possessed by evil spirits uh, that he was ostracized from society and restored to living among the tombs. The tombs was relayed in each of these Gospels. Uh, Matthew, he actually recorded the tale of two such uh, men being possessed in the region. And so perhaps these stories are, you know, the greatest examples of the difference it makes when Jesus being, brings peace to troubled minds and they surrender their lives to the Holy Spirit rather uh, than the evil spirits of this world. Now, sometimes... Uh, the greatest lessons of scripture, they come from the most unlikely places. The disciples would have never imagined that they would learn lessons from demons through the deliverance of the man who had the demon legion. And we learned from this a couple things. And number one is that even demons recognize Jesus as the son of God. They worshiped, speaking of the demons, they worshiped him and proclaimed his deity. Uh, James 2.19, it says that the de demons believe in one God. They recognize the authority of Jesus Christ over them and acknowledge the timing of their torment when they asked in Matthew 8.29, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come to torment us before our time? 
Listen, they understood who uh, Jesus was. Uh, number two is the demons, they know there is an appointed time of judgment. The enemy knows his days are numbered. The vision uh, of John revealed in Revelation 12, 12, uh, it says that the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. When Jesus arrived on the shores of the Gadarenes, the spirit world was on a high alert. The demons, they pled with Jesus not to torment them, crying out, what have I to do with you, Jesus? I beg you, do not torment me. And when Jesus, he steps into our situations, listen, the demon, when he steps in your situation, the demon has no choice but to pack their bags and flee. Uh, we find that the tormentor is tormented by peace. The very source of trouble was troubled, was troubled by the thought of the arrival of the Prince of Peace. Jesus, he brought order into chaos. He brought harmony into discord. He brought peace into a place of turmoil. That should be welcome news to anyone. But again, the author of confusion, he is tormented by the one who became the author of our salvation, the author and the finisher of our faith. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 14, that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. That's in the New King, New King James Version. Uh, in the larger context of this passage of scripture, uh, we see the destiny of Jesus's actions. Everything he did, he did it with purpose and he did it on purpose. And we can see what Jesus left to go to the region of the Gadarenes. Again, I say that everything he did, he did on purpose. And so when he left that peaceful See that he had just calmed and went to this area of the Gadarenes that was full of uh, uh, demons, if I could say it that way. He did it on purpose. Uh, Jesus, he left a friendly crowd to go to a hostile cemetery. I mean, opposition, it can make us uh, feel like we have missed the will of God and ventured on into an uncomfortable place. However, God's purpose is to see his glory revealed in us. The greatest victory is only seen after our most intense battle. Jesus, he could have stayed where he was. Uh, I mean, he was welcomed and he was wanted in the boat with the disciples. But the demon-possessed man would have never been delivered and the disciples would not have been able to face a spiritual conflict. And so I'm glad that Jesus went. And so, but after the hostility, uh, of the opposition, they saw deliverance and they saw peace. Jesus, he ends up leaving the shelter of safe harbor for a storm of danger. When we stay safely in the shelter of a harbor, we will never know the terror of dangerous waves or the revelation of the one who speaks peace in the storm. The purpose of God is not to keep us safe but to teach us to depend upon the one who holds all power and authority in his hand. Uh, Jesus, he also left a place of many miracles to deliver the outcast and the homeless. Jesus, he left an area where faith was expanding and where miracles and healing and deliverance was happening. Matthew, he recorded the healing of a leper, the resurrection 
uh, of a centurion servant and the restoration of Peter's mother-in-law without the risk of the journey to an uh, unfriendly region, if that's what we want to call it. Jesus, he delivered many who were demon possessed. Among the Gadarenes, he delivered a man from demonic oppression and he was asked to leave. His ministry was not welcome there and his miracles were not wanted. But I'm so glad that Jesus left just for the one man, if nothing but the one man who was possessed with the demon was healed. It was worth him leaving his place of comfort uh, to deal with what the demon uh, was doing in this man's life. Uh, Jesus, he also, he left a restored man as a witness in an unwelcoming place. Uh, in the short time uh, that Jesus was in the reason, at least one man became a follower and desired to become a disciple. A disciple. He asked if he could go with Jesus. Now, the purpose of God for the man formerly possessed with the legion was to leave him behind uh, so that he could witness. He remained in the place he had once produced terror, and he became a constant reminder of the miracle of peace. He stayed as a witness of the power of God, and the residents would always remember this notable miracle by his simple uh, presence. Now, the, the miracle... It became a, a costly trade-off to the swine herders. Uh, doom swine, or should I say doom swine and delivered men were the opposing representatives of the contention. Jesus had compassion on the distressed man and brought peace in a place of chaos. But the people, they pitied the pigs and they cried over their losses being unconcerned unbothered um, about the miracle or, or should I say, yeah, the miracle of the term tormented soul who have found peace. God's purpose is to produce peace. Jesus, he offers soundness of mind. Uh, he offers healing for affliction. Uh, he brings deliverance and release from chains of oppression. Jesus, he gives us a sound mind in a place of torment. Uh, those afflicted with a troubled mind are promised help and healing. Paul, he wrote in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Listen, fear, it produces torment. Again, this is John 4, 18. The fear of failure, fear of punishment, fear of others, and the fear uh, of the future are just a few of the phobias that bring distress and worry into our lives. Again, John, he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, it casts out all fear because fear, it involves torment. Uh, Jesus, he, he offers peace in place of fear. We must not follow our minds to drift into the temptation of fear. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's in John 14, 27. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us to remind us of God's abiding peace. The, uh, the Gadarenes, they feared the wrong spirit. When they saw the man formerly possessed, clothed and in his right mind, I'm astonished that Mark 5, 15 says they were afraid. 
when they when they seen that he was in his right mind, the Bible says that they were afraid. <laughs> I mean, that is that is crazy to me. Uh, Jesus, he grants healing for every affliction. Uh, the record of his miracles uh, attests to his authority over uh, every situation. When the disciples of John the Baptist came seeking verification of the Messiah, they were assured by the many miracles that Jesus had performed. Blind eyes were opened, the lame had walked, lepers were cleansed, deaf ears could now hear, the dead, they were raised to life, and the poor had received the gospel. The prophesied works of the Messiah, they were being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. There could be no doubt about his credentials. But the real battle of peace of mind is found between your two ears. The enemy, he attacks our thoughts, which are the battlefield of the mind. Again, when we go to today's verse, Philippians 4, 8, remember the devil, he attacks our thoughts. And so the Bible, it tells us in our main verse, it says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, whatever so things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, they said to think on these things. Because if if the enemy can get you to think not on these things, he's already won the battle because the battle is in the mind. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, for as he thinks, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, as you think. What do you think about your situation? What do you think about your circumstance? Because the Bible teaches us and it gives us this intelligence that as a man thinketh, so is he. Do you believe God can bring you out of your situation? Do you believe that God is over able to overcome? Because if you if you don't believe that you actually have a mindset that is going to allow uh, or going to cause you to fail in life. The battle is not with God, but it's against the adversary. Whatever opposes God is Antichrist. And we we must resist every argument and every prideful thought that disputes the truth of Scripture. We need to surrender to God and withstand anything contrary to his word. Again, control of mind is accomplished only through our submission to Christ. Again, control of mind is accomplished only through our submission to Christ. We are mighty in God. The mind is the processor of each thought. It's the processor of every motion and all our decisions. When we control our own mind through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can control the course and the direction of our lives. But we must have a renewed mind by the Spirit. We must allow God to renew our thinking. We are not defeated. We are victorious in Christ. We are strong in him and we must think God thoughts, reflecting on his victory and our personal identity in him. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, we have to throw off uh, our old sinful nature and our former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Again, I'm, I'm quoting, I'm paraphrasing the scripture uh, found in Ephesians 4, uh, but the ending 
in the New Living Translation, it says, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. God, he will be with us where it really matters. In our thought life, Paul said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The New International Version, it translates this verse uh, saying to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Listen, we receive the mind of Christ as we grow in him. We all are a work in progress. Uh, and, and if you've been around the church and been a follower of Jesus any amount of time, you know that change, it takes time. It is both instant and gradual. Um, conversion, uh, it, it's a change of mind and the miracle of a moment. But it is also a process of adapting to a new worldview, um, a new attitude, uh, a godly thought process. Many former patterns of thinking have been learned over a lifetime. So it is apparent that some will take more time to change. It is the process of growth, maturity and transformation into his image. Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We must continue to mature in the spirit into a spirit controlled mind. The battle between flesh and spirit will continue as long as we have breath. The goal of every Christian is to be led of the spirit of God and that our minds become subjected to him. Paul, he reminded us of this continual battle when he warned that the mind governed by the flesh, uh, by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Paul then reminds us in Romans 8, 9, in the New International Version, he says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, we must submit our minds to God. A steadfast mind is a steady mind, one that is solely focused on the things of God. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, he spoke of peace, a promise to the steadfast person. He had declared in Isaiah 26 and 3, he says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. This is the New International Version. Because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. A steady mind is disciplined. It's disciplined to think only on the good and to meditate on virtuous qualities. We become what we think. And this brings us back to our text where Paul, he summarized our challenge in Philippians 4. Everything that we're supposed to think on, the things that are true, the things that are just, lovely, the things of a good report, if there be any virtue. He says, think on these things. I want to encourage somebody to think on anything that has virtue. I want to finish. Um, the same boats that brought the disciples to the shores of the Gadarenes. They were shoved off the banks into the retreating waves. Behind them were delivered men set free by the power of God through deliverance commanded by Jesus Christ. We don't know their proper names, but one of them was called Legion because of the many demons that tormented him daily. What do you call a man who has always been identified by a demon? 
while we are not given his name in the scripture, we know his identity has changed. No longer was he identified by demons. He could no longer be called legion. Called him, you can call him change, you can call him transformed, you can call him delivered. Call him anything. But the tag of the past that represented the spiritual darkness of his, of his opposition, you can no longer call him that. For those who did not know his name, he probably became uh, known as the one who was possessed or the one who was delivered by Jesus. The fame of this miracle, it continued wherever this man went because I'm sure he probably never stopped talking about it. I'm sure he told how Jesus, the Prince of Peace, confronted the Prince of the Air and deliverance was declared. He was now a man of peace forever. He was different. He was clothed at peace in his right mind. He had been restored into God's image. He continued the new life as, as a changed man by the power of Jesus Christ. His life purpose was to fulfill his personal commission. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. This is what Jesus tells the man who is now free from legion. The scars all over his body were probably deep and lasting, but no longer painful. Now they were a testimony of the radical change that had taken place in an instant. As Jesus rebuked the spirits and delivered the man from his oppression, he shared his story everywhere. His witness, it did not stop at his house. He proclaimed all that Jesus had done for him throughout uh, the cities of the east and the sea of Galilee. Our commission should be to share our story. And while we may not have been delivered from le a legion of demons, we must share the story of our transformation through the new birth. And the deliverance that Jesus has brought into our lives. The peace of mind we have received should be a persistent theme of our story to those who do not know who Jesus is or who don't know his love nor his grace. We must continue to be a witness of of the power of God throughout our lives, wherever we go. And it all starts by the things that we think on. We must have a peace of mind. A peace of mind. And so I want to pray as we close out. And I ask that you would pray with us. Uh, let's pray that God truly will give us that peace of mind uh, so that we can uh, even be a witness like this man who was delivered uh, from the legion of demons and be a testimony unto God. Join me in prayer now. Heavenly Father, Lord, again, I thank you so much. I thank you, Father, that in the scripture, uh, that you were willing to meet this man who was possessed with this demon. I thank you that you took the time when you were in the place of comfort uh, to encounter and rebuke this demon. But, Father, there are some people here on earth right now uh, who may not be going through the same or even a similar situation. But, Father, they don't have a peace of mind. And so I would ask you right now that you will allow your Holy Spirit, God, Oh, Father, to loose them right now. Oh, Father, I pray that you would give them testimonies of God, that you would remind them of things that you've done for them. God, even in the place where it seems like nothing is going on in their life, 
in the way that they would want to remind them that they still have food to eat and that they have clothes on their back and allow them to think upon these things, God, so that the goodness of Jesus Christ can rise up in us, O oh Lord. I pray that our minds will be focused upon you. Let not the things of this world, O oh Father, O oh God, the, the, the incidents and the evil that is going on, let it not distract us. Lord God, from your kingdom, but allow us to have a mind that is steadfast, that is focused upon you, thinking about the virtues and thinking about those things, God, that you have done for us. I pray, Father, that you would release and that you would free people, oh God, who are in bondage in their mind. Allow them to have a liberty, Lord God, a liberty, a liberty, Father, to think on the things of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. Oh God, we loose that mind to this church even now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we all say amen. Amen. Refuse Church listeners, thank you for joining me this week. We're going to move forward with a peace of mind. And let's remember, as a man thinketh, so is he. Let's think positive. Uh, let's, let's, let's think spiritual things. And let's believe that God is going to do something miraculous in our life. This is not the end. Uh, we're only beginning. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe it. See you all next week. In Jesus' name, everyone have a good one. Bye-bye.